you to get part of it. Right in the foyer, you would have seen as you came in, there's a whole bunch of different uh, small groups and things being advertised, and you can sign up for that. Uh, my name's Adrian. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, again, if you are joining us as a visitor or a guest, so you're so welcome here. We're so uh, glad that you came out. Uh, I'm excited for tonight because I really feel like, man, God's been... God's been doing something in the worship and what Isaac shared. And I really feel like uh, there's some people here that maybe God has brought in and, and you're in a situation where uh, you don't really know what to do. Uh, it, maybe you got yourself in that situation or maybe a, a circumstance of life that just happened to you and you, you're in a place where you don't know what to do. I wanna encourage you because the good news is that God's got a plan and the good news is that His grace is sufficient and the, the good news is if you simply would just reach out to Him, uh, that He's there and He hears you. Uh, and I really feel like I've got a word that that's, a, that's my heart for you. Um, I always read my Bible as, as you do uh, and uh, God this kind of just spoke to me about this passage. It kind of stood out to me. And so I'm, I'm praying and hoping that it would speak to you too. So we're gonna pray and then we'll get into it. God, we just thank you um, for your goodness towards us, God. We thank you that you're always faithful. God, that you never leave us nor forsake us. That God, in, in our darkest times, God, we can call out to you, God, and you'll hear us. And I just ask you, God, to uh, speak through me tonight. God, this would be more than just words on a page or words coming up my mouth, but God, there would be anoint, you would anoint these words, God, uh, that there would be an impartation, God, that this would transform lives, God, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen, amen. Uh, so growing up, my dad was like a staunch Toyota guy. It was, that was the only car, uh, what's a Toyota, it's Toyota, I don't know how to say it. Uh, and so that, he, that's the kind of car he, we drove. We had uh, Corollas, as you do here, the Hilux, and he kind of insisted that, you know, that was the best car, there was no better car, blah, blah, blah. And so growing up, uh, when I eventually could get a car, I hear some applause, uh, when I could, I, you know, I bought a Japanese car, because that's what my dad, being a mechanic, told me to do. Uh, but you know what? You know, the grass is always greener on the other side and you see all those people driving European cars and you look at them, you're like, man, that, that must be the life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everyone tells you, the advertising tells you that, you know, European cars are so much better than any other cars. And so I got to the point in my life where I thought, oh, I need a European car. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there before. And so I went to my dad for advice uh, because everyone else was telling me that I should get a European car. And I went to my dad and I said, Dad, what, what, what would be a good European car to get? He replied to me that they were all rubbish. Um, I was like, great. You know, he's like, the same, same old story every time, you know, don't get that one, this breaks and that breaks and this goes wrong and that goes wrong and this and don't use the automatic that because that'll break too and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know, surely they have all those features for a reason, you know, that, you know, you can use them and they can make your life easier. If there's a gadget in the car, I tell you, I'm, I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna find out what it does. Uh, and so I, I made the decision to buy a European car. Uh, so I, bu I bought a Peugeot, uh, which might have been the problem because it's French and not German, but uh, I'm still not sure. Uh, and, but I, I, I did enjoy kind of my time with the car. I really enjoyed the automatic headlights and the automatic wiper blades that, you know, just came on when it rained. I enjoyed the, the fact that you could just push one button and all the windows were closed if you left the window open. I also enjoyed the, the reminder that my fuel was low, which came on like every second week. Uh, and uh, it pretty much used probably more fuel than it did petrol, to be honest, uh, and probably spent more money fixing it than actually what I paid for it. Uh, and then Fixing it was a whole nother story because you can't just fix it with normal tools. You have to get special tools and then, then you got to buy the parts. And for some reason in the factory, when they ran out of parts, they just decided to use other parts. Like, so there'd be one car and all the, it was, 
I don't know what the French were up to. Um, but so, so we sold the car. Uh, and we bought a Japanese car. <laughs> and uh, we bought a Honda. And I uh, haven't had any problems since, uh, which is great. Um, and maybe I should have just listened to my dad's advice in the first place. Uh, and the fact that I should have probably uh, just stuck with a Japanese car. Um, because it would have cost me a whole lot less money and heartache and frustration. And The good thing about the, the, the Peugeot was that whenever anything went wrong, you could just turn it off and turn it back on and it seemed to work again. Yeah, right. Kind of like your computer at home. And so you'd be driving down the motorway and then the, the power steering would just stop and you don't have power steering, so you just turn it off and turn it back on. You're sweet. I, I got tired of pulling over, so I'd just like be going down the Brindurwins and just, you know, the power steering's gone, so you just turn it off and turn it back on while you're driving. It's, it was very safe. Uh, and so I should have just listened, but how many of us do that? How many of us uh, have, I don't know, because I sometimes do this, where, where I kind of look for other people that share my opinion, you know what I mean? Like I just, I just try and find like an opinion that, that sort of suits my own, uh, and uh, rather than, uh, you know, trying to maybe change my ideas, I'm just trying to find people that would agree with my ideas. Uh, I know I do this sometimes, and my wife gets really frustrated, I I'll ask her about my outfit. You know, I'll be like, oh, hey, you know, does this outfit look okay? And she'll say, no, uh, uh, it doesn't work. Change it. I'll say, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then she'll say, well, why do you ask my opinion? I'm like, I don't really know. I only ask your opinion if you agree, then it's cool. But if you don't, still cool, you know? Uh, and so I think we all can kind of fall into this trap where it's really nice to have people around us that agree with us. It's really nice to have people around us that share the same opinion, kind of everyone really likes to be right, we don't really like to be wrong. And, um, and so I read this passage of scripture that, that really challenged me and stood out to me and it really got me asking the question, you know, what, what voices are, am I actually allowing to speak into my life? Uh, and, and am I just hearing what I wanna hear? Am I just hearing the opinions that I wanna hear or am I actually hearing the truth? Uh, and I want to I want to share a passage of scripture with you, uh, and it's gonna it's in your notes there. I've kind of put the whole passage in, like the whole chapter, which is a lot. But for the sake of time, I'm just gonna kind of skim past and and get the real key details. But feel free to take the notes home if you like, and and kind of examine it for yourself and allow God to speak to it, um, speak to you through it. So it's in Second Chronicles chapter 18, and it's, it's the story of these two kings. One um, is King Ahab who was known uh, biblically as a bad king, and then there's uh, King Jehoshaphat. We'll just call him J-Fat for short, and he's, it's like P-H, P-H fat, you know? Anybody remember P-H fat? Anyways, uh, so it says, Ahab, king of Israel, asked uh, King J-Fat of Judah, uh, will you go with me against this, against this, this, um, this city of Ramoth-Gilead? Uh, and so Jehoshaphat replied, uh, you know, I'm as you are, you know, we're, we're the same people. Uh, let's join together and and go into war together. But here's the one thing I want you to do. I want you to first seek the counsel of God. Wise move, wise king. Seek the counsel of God. So, so the king of Israel, which is Ahab, uh, brought together the prophets, it says 400 men. Like that's a lot of prophets, 400 people. Uh, and asked them, shall we go to war uh, or shall we not? And, and go, they answered, uh, for God will give it to the king's hand. Um, they were unanimous. 400 prophets all said, go, and, and God will give you the victory. Uh, but King Jehoshaphat sees something different. He, he discerns something. He says, is, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? So clearly there was something wrong with these 400 prophets. And, and so the king of Israel answered, Jehoshaphat, there, there's still one prophet, 
through whom we can inquire of the Lord. But I hate him uh, because he never prophesies anything good about me, <laughs> but always bad. Uh, he is Micaiah. And so the king, uh, and then Joseph says, hey, hey, king, you, you shouldn't say such a thing. Uh, but anyway, they, they call him, they bring him in. And the people that bring him in, it uh, says they, uh, they kind of put some pressure on him. Um, they say the messengers who went to summon him say, look, the other prophets, without exception, are all predicting success. Uh, let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. Like, hey, bro, like, you know, there's 400 dudes. They've all said the same thing. You know, no pressure. Like, just make sure that you say the right thing. Uh, and so when he arrived, uh, so, and then he says, he responds to that, you know, as surely as the Lord lives, I, I can only tell what God says. I, I can't just make up a word. I, I can only say what God says. And so when he arrived, uh, the king asked the same question, you know, shall we, shall we go to war? And he says, and must be some kind of like a kind of sarcastic tone because the king picks up and he says, you know, attack and be victorious for uh, they will be given into your hand. And the king said to him, how many times must I make you swear to me to tell me nothing but the truth, nothing but uh, the truth in the name of the Lord? And then Micaiah answered um, and, and sort of gives this prophecy saying, you know, I saw Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, these people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. And so the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, like, didn't I tell you uh, that he never prophesies anything good, but only bad? And uh, it goes on and we, we see a bit of the end of the story. But what really stood out to me, what really kind of shocked me about the situation is that the king had gathered around him 400 people who all said the same thing. 400 people who kind of just said whatever the king wanted to hear. Right. And, it, and it kind of piqued my interest because I don't, I don't believe this sort of would have happened overnight. Yeah. I think it would have happened over time where the king maybe had some ideas, had some strategies, and, uh, and the people that disagreed with him, maybe he would have put in prison or killed or gotten rid of some other means. And then the people who agreed with him, he kind of gathered to himself. And I think people quickly probably would have got the message like, hey, if we want to survive here, we need to start agreeing with the king. You know what I mean? And so even those 400 or the, the messages that went to go get the other prophets said, hey, you know, just so you know, these other guys all said the same thing. You should probably do the same. Yeah, yeah. And, and the sort of culture had, had been created where uh, the king had only got around him people who said what he wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, but as we'll see later in the story, actually, uh, the king... Uh, they end up going to war, uh, and as predicted, um, or as prophesied by the prophet, because that's what prophets do, uh, the king ended up dying, uh, and his word was, was true. And so the, the king had sort of like sought approval of his ideas by gathering all these people around him. And so my thought is like, what can we learn from the story? Have we ever got caught in the same boat where We've just got a whole bunch of people around us that say yes to the things that we want them to say yes to. That simply just agree with our ideas, uh, but maybe we're all wrong together. Uh, and I, I wanna share a few thoughts that I sort of gathered from this passage of Scripture. Is that all right? Here's my first thought. Sometimes the truth and your truth are different. Sometimes the truth and your truth are different. There's a lot of people out there saying, hey, come on, just live your truth, you know? That's, this is my truth. I'm just, I'm just out here living my truth. You know, the thing is that, is that when we submit ourselves to God, when we become Christians, is actually we, we give up the right to live our own truth that we decide to live His truth. Yeah, right. And it just so happens that His truth is also the truth. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so it's important that we understand this. 
You see, we get on shaky ground where, uh, where we start to measure the truth by what is comfortable or what suits us. Uh, we, we get on shaky ground where the truth becomes simply what we want to hear. And yet here, when we look at this story, King Ahab, he equates the truth, uh, or he, he equates um, bad, or the things that are being said about him, he equates uh, negative things towards him as being evil. <laughs> so an opinion that disagrees with his own, he equates as being evil. Uh, and so he's so far gone that he's unwilling to hear any correction. He's unwilling to take any feedback. He's unwilling to hear any opinion that's different to his own. It's, it's far easier to change the rules than it is to change your actions. I don't know if you've ever played um, a game with a competitive child. I've got a competitive child who really doesn't like losing. And whenever you play a game with him, uh, it's really hard to win because the rules are constantly changing. <laughs> Like, you know, you're playing a game of soccer and you score a goal and suddenly I was like, oh no, that does, goal doesn't count because I wasn't ready. And then you play and you can, and then, okay, are you ready now? Yeah, I'm ready. And then, you, and then oh, that goal doesn't count because it bounced out of the goal. It went in the goal, but it's bounced out, so it doesn't count. Like, you know, you can't win because the rules are constantly changing because they're so unwilling to lose. They're so unwilling to compromise on what they think is right. And we get on shaky ground when we begin to bend God's laws or God's word into suiting uh, what we, into the lifestyle that we wanna live. When we start to, to change the rules rather than being willing to change our actions. You know, when we read God's word, we, we should allow it to speak to us and then change the way we live rather than reading God's word and then interpreting it according to our lifestyle. Does that make sense? If only King Ahab had realized that the reason that the prophet always brought brand news is because there was actually some stuff wrong that he needed to change. But sometimes we can get in the same boat where we, we, we just feel like everyone's saying negative stuff towards us, but actually maybe it's because there's something that needs to change. Or, or they're just trying to bring some uh, truth and love in order to see us not make those mistakes. It wasn't that my dad, um, you know, didn't want me to drive a European car. He just didn't want me to pay to fix it. <laughs> If only I'd heard that the first time. Um, we need to be quick to, to hear feedback from the right voices. Yeah, right. We need to have soft hearts towards God and towards his word and allow him to speak into us rather than putting up walls and surrounding ourselves with opinions that agree with us. Right. That's the first lesson that I sort of learned and, and really was challenged by. And the second thing, my second thought is this, is that we uh, should be careful of the voices we're listening to. Be careful of the voices we're listening to. Now, after I wrote these notes, I actually sort of, uh, that's what would be in your notes, but I actually decided to sort of reword that and, and make that in the positive. And I think it should better read, allow the right voices to speak into your life. We should allow the right voices to speak into our life. You know, our lives are, are a result of the choices we make. And I think often those choices are informed by those around us. Um, the, by the voices that are speaking into our lives, whether that be our friends or our family, Siri, Google. You know, there, there's lots of voices that speak into us. And uh, if you wanna have some fun, ask Siri a knock-knock joke. She's quite good at those, to be honest. My kids quite enjoy doing that. Um, and, and so it's important to recognize the voices that, that we allow to speak into us because the reality is, is the, the kind of person we become is a result of often the choices that we make. 
And, and those choices are a result of the people that we have around us, of the voices that we allow to speak, speak into our lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm the kind of person who likes to investigate things. I like to research. Before I make a decision, I wanna sort of weigh all the facts and find it. And so I often find myself on forums or forums, whatever you wanna call them. Uh, and the, the, anybody ever been in a forum? Just maybe like a Facebook group. Let's go a Facebook group or like, or like, a, a, like East Hawk and Grapevine or something, you know what I mean? And the, and the thing that you, oh yeah, people, some people on East Hawk and Grapevine. Uh, the thing you find about these, these uh, places where people communicate is that everyone's got an opinion, right? And the thing that you find about opinions is they never really match. You know, everyone's got a different opinion. Uh, and all, you know, the truth is different depending who you talk to. Uh, and, uh, the, and so, so, so it becomes really hard to, to interpret what the truth is. Uh, it becomes really hard to interpret uh, what the right decision to make is. You know, the amazing thing about the internet is that there's so much information, like so much information just on our fingertip, but the problem with all that information is then it becomes overwhelming and confusing when you go to find one answer and you come back with 50 answers. You're like, well, what is the question again? <laughs> uh, and so it's so, so important that we are aware of the voices that we allow to speak into us. Yeah. I don't know if you realize, but social media is designed to uh, reinforce the idea that you have. I don't know if you've ever gone on Facebook and you've read like an article, and then suddenly every time you go on Facebook, it's like 50 articles of the same topic or with the same opinion. You know, or maybe um, you go look for a new TV and you like, and then every time you go on the internet, like every ad is for a TV. Yeah. Like, like, how do you know? <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, I mean, there's that thing as well. Like, are they listening? You know, I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you've had just a conversation about something, you've never typed it in, and then there's advertising for that as well. I don't know if that's a coincidence. It's like, you know, let's leave that one in the air. Um, one time I just, I drove outside Krispy Kreme and I actually went inside and bought some donuts. But when I got home, there was advertising for donuts. Like, how did they know? I, I still haven't figured that one out. But the reality is, is that the internet is shaped to reinforce our idea. Uh, the internet is like one of those voices that just kind of throws back at you what you wanna hear because social media is programmed to, to show you what it thinks that you wanna see. It's got all these complicated algorithms and math things that tell you what you wanna be seeing. But you know what my point here is? My point here is that there's so many voices that that are speaking to us every day. There's so many voices that are shouting at us, but it's so important for us to have one voice that speaks louder than all those, yeah. all those voices, and that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God, that, that there's one voice that should overrule all those voices. That there's one voice that should be louder in our lives than any other voice, and the only way that we can make that voice louder is by, is by spending time hearing that voice, yeah. is by spending time opening your Word, whether that's a paper Bible, whether that's on your phone or your iPad, whether that's an audio Bible that you listen to in your car, I don't care how you do it, but come on, we need to be people who are listening to His Word, uh, who are creating opportunities for God to speak into us, to, to, to hear His truth and to allow Him to transform us. My second point is we need to have the right voice speaking to us, have the right, the right voice speaking into our lives. Here's my third thought and point that I got from this passage is that bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. At the start of chapter 16, we, we see King Japheth uh, described as a good king, and, and he was successful, why? Because 
he followed God's word. That's what the Bible teaches us, that he followed God's word. Uh, but in this situation, he seems to make such a dumb call. You know, uh, and later on, he's, he comes back to his kingdom and he's, and he's uh, criticized by, um, by one of the prophets who comes to meet him saying, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Recognizing that he, he shouldn't have aligned himself with this king. And he comes and aligns himself with a king who's known to be bad. And even though uh, he inquires, he asks, like, is there a prophet of God who, who, who is then brought forward and gives a bad word? He still goes into battle with this king. Like, it, it makes no sense. Uh, and the thing is, is that there'd, there'd, I think, be, become a culture where there'd been so much pressure to conform uh, to the opinion this king had, and somehow he, he, he slips in and falls into it as well. Now, and sometimes it's, rather than, than dealing with the issue or dealing with the problem, it's kind of easier just to, to, to go along with what they wanna hear, but that's a really dangerous position to be in. You know, it's important to recognize who we hang out with who we spend time with, who you surround yourself with. You know, despite your best efforts, those who you spend time with are the people that influence you. They are the people that shape your life. And that's why it's so important for us to have small groups here at church. I mean, Sundays are great, Sundays are awesome, but Sundays aren't enough. You know, life's not meant to be done alone. Life is meant to be done in community. And small groups is the place where we find freedom. As we find a bunch of people that we can hang out with, we can do life with, that we can be open with, we can take off the mask and share and be real yeah. and, have, and allow others to speak into our life and, and give us advice, godly advice. Yeah. And to, uh, tonight and next week, we're gonna be doing small group signups in the foyer. And we've got all kinds of small groups. We've got, um, you know, we've got interest groups like, and, and course, we've got Bible in schools. We've got um, mount, a mountain biking group. We've got Bible studies. We've got coffee groups. We've got uh, groups for all kinds of ages. We've got men's only groups, women's only groups. We've got young adult groups. We've got old adult groups, like all kinds of groups. And so I encourage you, if, if you're not in a small group, if, you're not, if you don't have a, peop, a group of people that, are, that you're doing life together with, you need to get involved. You need to get stuck in. Go get, give your name at the, at the desk and they'll get a group that's gonna be right for you and give you some options of, of people that you can connect with and do life with. But there's one last lesson that, that I learned from this message, uh, from this passage of Scripture. And I wanna read uh, the end of the story uh, and, and share a quick thought that I had. The king had this cunning plan. It says this. Uh, um, it said that the king uh, went into battle, King Ahab, the, the bad king, he went into battle in disguise. Um, and he said, you, I'm gonna go in disguise, but you, King Jehoshaphat, you, you should wear your royal robes. And so the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. And now the king of Aram had ordered his chariot commanders, do not fight with anyone, uh, this is the, the opposing king, do not fight with anyone small or great except the king of Israel. And then when the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But Jehoshaphat cried out and the Lord helped him. And God drew them away from him. For when the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, they stopped pursuing him. But someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the breastplate and the scale armor. And the king told the chariot driver, wheel around and get me out of the fighting. And then it says, all day long the battle raged um, but at sunset, the king died. This is an interesting passive passage and an interesting um, chain of events because the, king, uh, the king, king Ahab, he had this kind of cunning plan. He'd kind of become wise in his own sight, right? Yeah. 
In his own mind, he'd become wise and he'd brought all these people around him who would agree with his opinion. And so he had this plan to go into battle in disguise, but it says that a bow drawn at random, just a bow drawn at random, ends up hitting him in between his armor. What a coincidence. Even though he tried to disguise himself, he, he ended up dying in battle after he had this cunning plan. But then on the other, on the other side, the, the king who was known as the godly king had kind of followed along with his plan and then got surrounded by all his enemies and kind of was about to be killed where he cries out to God. Yeah. And God helps him. The, suddenly they notice that it's not the right king and so they leave him and he, he ends up surviving the battle. And you know what the, the truth of this is, I think, is that God's gracious, yeah. that God's good, yeah. is that sometimes we can make some dumb decisions. Yeah. Sometimes we can find ourselves of our own accord in a wrong situation, in a bad situation because we made the right decision. But the truth of the matter is if we would simply just call out to God, if we would simply just cry out to Him that He's gracious, that He's good, that He reaches back out to us, that He saves us from the worst situation, that if we would just call out to Him, that if no matter where we find ourselves, we can simply just call out to God and His grace is sufficient for us. That there's nowhere we can go. I love the fact that it's, he kind of brought this on himself. Even though God had kind of given him all these warning signs, he simply just walks into battle and he walks into this bad decision. But God's not like, well, you made the decision. You know, you can like, you know, have your bed and lie in it. No, no, God saves him regardless. Yeah, right. God's gracious towards him. It's simply calling out to God. And, and I don't know where you find yourself tonight. Maybe you're in a situation that you've created. Maybe you've made a bunch of bad decisions and you found yourself in a situation where you don't know what to do. The good news is that you can simply call out to God. That he's gracious, that he's good, that he's kind. Or maybe you're in a situation that you found yourself in and it's been none of your own doing. It's kind of the, uh, maybe a chance or, or, or something's just happened and you don't know what to do. The good news is the same is that you can simply call out to God. That he'll hear you, that he'll save you, that he'll deliver you. And uh, I wanna ask everyone to close their eyes and just out of privacy and, and I wanna pray a simple prayer to help you just to call out to God. Um, and if that's you, if you're saying that you, you wanna agree with me, I'm gonna uh, pray that prayer in a minute. And there, there's two groups of people. The first group of people is those that maybe have found themselves in a situation and they don't know what to do and they'll call out to God. And the second group of people that I wanna pray for is maybe you don't know God at all. Maybe you, you've never had a relationship with him, or maybe you once did, but now you're far from him. Uh, so I'm gonna pray for that first group of people first. If you're here tonight and you're saying, yeah, Adrian, I, I'm in a situation I have no idea what to do. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer, and why don't you pray that along with me in your heart, and just use these, use my words as your words. Use my words to enter a conversation with God. God, we just thank you that even though I've made a dumb mistake, God, you're gracious, you're good. Right now, God, I just call out to you. I cry out to you. God, the situation that I don't know what to do with, God, I just place it into your hands. God, I turn to you. God, will you have your way? God, will you show me where to go and what to do? And maybe you're in the second group and you've, you're not in a relation with God. Maybe you once were, or maybe you've never had a relation with Him. 
The truth is that God loves you, that He's got a plan for you. It's our sin, our mistakes, our mess-ups that, that is what separates us from God. But the good news is that Jesus came and He died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And the Bible says if we would simply, if we would repent, which means to turn the opposite way, to turn from the way that you were living and turn towards Him, if you repent and confess Him as Lord, that you'll be saved. And so I'm gonna lead you in a real simple prayer. And again, if that's you tonight, and you're saying, hey, Adrian, I wanna give my life to God. I'm gonna pray a real simple prayer. And right where you are, why don't you just pray these words along with me? Say this. Say, dear Jesus, I confess that I've messed up and made mistakes. But I thank you that you died for my sin. I believe that you died on a cross and rose again. And tonight, I invite you into my life. Would you become my Lord and Savior? Would you make me brand new from the inside out? Today, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name. And while eyes are still closed and heads are still bowed, if, if that's you and you just prayed that prayer, I wanna ask you to do one more little step, of, take one more little step of faith, one more brave thing. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna bring you to the front. I'm not gonna try and embarrass you or anything. All I wanna do is just acknowledge your hand, acknowledge that you prayed that prayer and you can put it right back down. So if that's you, uh, right where you are, why don't you pop up your hand and just acknowledge that to me that you've prayed that prayer. I'm gonna count to three and on the count of three, you can just pop that up and once I see your hand, you can put that down. Three, Two, one. Hands going up now. Anybody saying yes, Adrian, I pray that'd be awesome. I see their hand at the back on the left. Awesome, I see their hand at the back on the right. You can put that hand down. Awesome. Is anybody else saying, yeah, Adrian, I prayed that prayer tonight. I gave my life to God. Awesome. I just love to pray a prayer of blessing on you. God, we just thank you for those people that God that put up their hand that said today they're following you, God. I ask your hand of blessing on them, your anointing on them, God. Would you lead them and guide them, God? Would you show them, God, your path that they could walk in it? And God, would you give them a hunger for your word to know you more? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Just can we celebrate those people that prayed their prayer tonight? Awesome.